phoning in. Welcome to DavCat43 Fights Fascism. Hope you all had a lovely Thanksgiving holiday. Hi, Mr. Ed. Thanks for dropping by. So there's lots of uh, crimes to be investigated. And luckily the House uh, Committee, or House Dems rather, that are in a majority position in that particular branch of Congress, uh, have six different committees investigating various, uh, well, they're conducting oversight on the president. Hi, Brian. Thanks for dropping in. Uh, Oh, look, I already have a troll, but I'm fast at muting. Uh, I don't provide a platform for trolls to circulate disinformation, especially not in a climate where we have so much disinformation being put in to crowd out and obscure the truth of the matter, which is that Donald Trump is a criminal in the White House. More and more people have cottoned onto this fact now. So it's nice to be able to say that, knowing that it won't be challenged as a uh, conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy. Donald Trump has recently settled a uh, $2 million fine that he was asked to pay because he ran a fraudulent uh, event for donating to veterans. But any money you donated then was uh, very possibly put into Trump's campaign coffers. So running a a charity event under false pretenses. Ah, yes, the opposition has to be muted because there are people who are purposefully dedicated to just chanting troll slogans on the internet. So we don't mute all opposition. We just mute people who come in and say Biden should be investigated because Joe Biden uh, is being misrepresented by Republicans and by um, Republican supporters as having um, just personally tried to oust a prosecutor, uh, Shokin, Ukrainian prosecutor, whereas the truth is that it's well-known, well-established that um, the, the EU, Angela Merkel, many organizations were on board with the ousting of a specific prosecutor who was known to be holding up uh, Ukrainian efforts to reform and to move away from corrupt practices of uh, pausing investigations, using them to hold over people's heads as, um, as leverage in a corrupt way to achieve corrupt ends. So no, when Joe Biden boasted of his uh, power and importance in helping uh, Ukraine oust this corrupt prosecutor, he was boasting of being effective in helping the international community achieve a good end. <sighs> ah, for the person who says Trump was a known criminal for years, how did he get elected? Uh, it's called fascism. And it's called false deference from the part of the media to people who are uh, popular and have power, prestige and wealth. And Trump has a history uh, with media of belittling them and uh, bribing and extorting them to get them to report on his uh, business failures only in a way that suits him. So... Uh, he got somebody fired for reporting on the degree to which he was in debt after the collapse of his two casinos. Uh, that had the successful impact of silencing and uh, minimizing the risk that journalists and Wall Street analysts would accurately report on his financial misconduct and his habit of running other people's money into the ground. So, yes, when Donald Trump was elected, 
not many people knew that he got a $413 million head start from his dad, as well as millions more in loans. So that was just the 413 in today's terms uh, equivalent was what he got in, in pure outright inheritance. The loan was something he had to um, pay back from his dad. And in fact, people contested Donald Trump's will who were in his family because they thought he was um, taking too much of a share of his father's assets. The dude's a criminal. Um, what is there to say about that? That uh, it's easy to hoodwink people, particularly hoodwink people through the medium of television. And Donald Trump was certainly uh, valorized on a uh, fabricated reality TV show called The Apprentice, which you might be familiar with. All right, now let's talk a little bit about Republican crimes at the moment or Republican enabling of crimes, uh, as well as just going back to what I said earlier that uh, listing the number of the um, criminal code that Trump is violating by soliciting a bribe. We know he solicited a bribe. We saw the, we saw the transcript that his administration released. So Trump definitely said in response to our, yes, we are, we, the Ukrainian president, we are hoping to buy some javelins from you. And he said, I'd like you to do us a favor, though. Thanks, Mick. I'm, I'm glad you're engaging. It's great. Thanks for your question. Uh, so the crime of soliciting a bribe is still a crime. Uh, Trump's defenders have been arguing that the, the bribe of releasing a hold on the aid didn't come through didn't manifest itself because the aid was released but the terms of the bribe were actually agreed to the ukrainian president had agreed to make a public announcement to go on a cnn show uh, and announce that they were initiating an investigation into donald trump's political rival so that's a crime it's a crime to solicit a bribe when the bribe is we will give you this $400 million, uh, it's $391 million, but I'm rounding up, that Congress has duly appointed to go to Ukraine to help defend their country from ongoing uh, acquisitive Russian attacks. So Russia's already annexed part of Ukraine called Crimea. Russia's already annexed part of Ukraine called Donbass. And it was constantly attacking Ukrainian soldiers and Ukrainian outposts still to acquire more territory. So Congress determined that it was within American interests, strategic geopolitical interests, to enable the Ukrainian people as a U.S. ally to, uh, to join. Hi, Jono. Thanks for, thanks for calling in. I'll just have to um, ouch, do this. Uh, hello. <laughs> nice to hear your voice for the first time. Okay. <laughs> um, which is probably good. Uh, somebody called in, but they've realized that wasn't what they intended to do. Uh, I'm using audio from this to put into a podcast for people who prefer to listen to podcasts. So it actually works better at the moment if I restrict guests to the end of the show. But I do have a guest coming up for you tomorrow, which is very exciting. I'm interviewing a historian who has written a book. Let me 
have a look what the book is called. The book is called States of Exclusion, A New Wave of Fascism. Uh, he's a, a scholar of German history as well as anti-Semitism and nationalism. His name is Richard Frankel. His new book is out about the parallels between Hitler's Germany and Trump's America. So that would be great. Demonization, division, coercion. That should all sound familiar to us at this point. So, yes, interviewing him tomorrow. Uh, I will take off the audio from that and make it into a podcast as well uh, for, for distribution. Distribution is a word I'm coming to grips with because uh, people have helped me start to get the skeleton together of a business plan to keep taking this uh, medium and this message further. And I hope he goes through with it because Tom Arnold has also agreed to be interviewed by me on this platform as well, which is exciting. Uh, so that's Tom Arnold. You may know him as a Hollywood actor from such movies as True Lies and also other things. <laughs> um, I should look up some more of his history in the field. Uh, but I know he also made a, a, a program, a television show more recently called The Hunt for the Trump Tapes. Yes, so I was very excited to have that. And a historian who's written a whole entire book on something that is very important uh, and very important point for me to get out there as well, that there are very clear parallels between um, Hitler's Germany and Trump's America in terms of the early stages. Yes, I, I know that Tom Arnold was married to uh, Roseanne Barr, but I'm trying not to center that as uh, key to his, his career and life as a courtesy gesture. Who's seen, who's seen this morning that uh, the New York Times has run a story on a hacker who approached them with some uh, stills from video footage that looked like an Alan Dershowitz lookalike uh, and other people um, engaged in sexual activities uh, with young people and uh, even children on Epstein properties. So that was what the hacker claimed to have and he showed these stills uh, to the journalists, but he had also shown these stills to lawyers representing some of Epstein's victims. And uh, so the New York Times story is now that, yes, the hacker did not ever manage to produce the video footage he claimed to have, but they did get access to text messages he exchanged with these lawyers. Uh, so they can expose the fact that the lawyers were offering to negotiate with the men featured in the videos. Uh, they had a hot list that they were compiling and they were going to reach settlements so the victims could get some money and then they would represent the men themselves, the abusers, uh, and suppress the videos. So the men would donate money, 40% of which would go to the lawyers and the other amounts would be distributed between the victims and uh, a charitable donation and the hacker himself. So that was like a billion dollars, I think, they thought to extract in total. 40% of that billion to go to these two lawyers who currently represent Epstein's victims. So I imagine those uh, survivors, those Epstein survivors, are feeling pretty cross this morning, or rather evening for you guys, uh, knowing that their lawyers were behind the scenes negotiating with a hacker to take 
evidence that they were not liars, that they uh, were subjected to exploitation by wealthy and powerful people. It backs up their stories of uh, we were in these positions interacting with these powerful people, uh, essentially being sex trafficked amongst the powerful. So their own lawyers were doing deals that this footage would be suppressed in exchange for uh, bought silence and that whilst they might receive some money, their their credibility uh, would be or evidence backing up their credibility would be hidden from the world, thus protecting the powerful people and allowing them to continue to be perpetrators essentially because the world would would not know that they had partaken in uh, sex with underage girls on Epstein properties. So one hopes that the police will actually file charges for extortion against the lawyers. Uh, It might not happen, but yes. And was the hacker a con artist all along? Um, the journalist for the New York Times took a photo to Alan Dershowitz and his wife and asked for their response. And his wife looked over at the person with spectacles and said, well, that, um, no, you usually take your spectacles off when you do that. So not, not you, which is obviously a lighthearted reaction, but the New York Times journalist took it seriously enough to think that the person featured in the footage or sorry, in the stills of video footage, uh, Alan Dershowitz enough to, to take it to him to ask for comment. Dershowitz also taped a conversation between himself and the hacker because the hacker person, hacker slash con man, uh, went to Dershowitz as well to ask for, um, to ask for what? I don't know, actually. Perhaps ask for money directly. But Dershowitz has shared part of the tape in which um, the hacker says, yep, I've got all this footage. And Dershowitz says, well, it's not, I'm not in the footage, am I? Because I never, ever had sex with anyone, which is a great statement. I never, ever had sex with anyone. Uh, yes. So I have a troll who's asking, are you bribing me? Nope, that's not what I'm doing. I'm discussing the crimes committed uh, by Donald Trump that he has released uh, tra- uh, an approximated transcript of him committing the crime in what he presumably thinks is a subtle enough way to have plausible deniability about. But given Trump's admission, the admission of his uh, chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, the admission of his lying ambassador to the EU, uh, Gordon Sondland, and, um, and the testimony of people who aren't liars, the dedicated public servants such as Fiona Hill, Alexandra Vindman and uh, David Holmes, etc. People who've testified that they heard Sondland uh, call through to the switchboard to talk to Donald Trump and then uh, say that Zelensky loves your ass, he'll do anything you want him to do, i.e. after months of pressure and negotiation, uh, the new president of Ukraine who would run on an anti-corruption program uh, platform had been effectively pushed into a position of being forced to act corruptly uh, through Trump's corrupt request for you for Ukrainian assistance in shadow propaganda shadow propaganda is propaganda where the origins of it are concealed so if Ukraine launched an investigation into Joe Biden without saying who asked them to do that that's a shadow propaganda because you don't know The Ukrainian president doesn't say, hello, I'm doing this at Donald Trump's request. He says, I just determined that this was a good thing to do. 
So that should be an important question journalists should be asking, actually, now that I think about it. If the claim is Trump was just concerned about corruption and it's all legitimate, then when the Ukrainian president was going to agree to announce this investigation and uh, Kurt Volker and Gordon Sondland were literally helping to write a script for him to stick to when he made this announcement. Where was the part of the announcement in which he said, Donald Trump asked me to do this because of his concerns, his legitimate concerns? Why was it going to be a secret? Why was there no mention in the scripts that Sondland and Volker were supplying to um, President Vladimir Zelensky? Why was there no mention of Donald Trump's request. Let's make this talked about more. This issue is not gone away. And as 70% of Americans apparently believe Trump did something wrong, let's help flesh out their understanding of exactly what it is that he did wrong. So it's, it's illegal to solicit um, or accept help from foreign nationals in advancing your campaign. It's also illegal to solicit a bribe. It's also illegal to conceal from Americans the origins of your um, campaign. So if you've got someone to start an investigation, it's illegal to hide from Americans how that investigation started if you're mentioning it in your campaign. What else has he done that's illegal in reference to that? Oh, it's also illegal to uh, get your personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, to... uh, advocate for your own personal Trump cronies to sit on the board of a Ukrainian gas company and funnel parts of the profits of those uh, gas sales to you personally and to your lawyer personally. So we don't have evidence for that yet, but it's to to be believed that that evidence is coming because a Rudy Giuliani associate who's under indictment, uh, Lev Parnas, has already said that he has uh, tapes of uh, Trump and Rudy Giuliani talking presumably that will attest to to those type of arrangements, that NAFTA gas was a Ukrainian, is, was and is a Ukrainian gas board uh, and that Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani uh, were possibly involved in profit skimming from a Ukrainian gas board. So there's all sorts of different ways in which Trump is involved in illicitly taking money from the American public. So that's one way for him to illicitly take money from the Ukrainian public. When I say Trump is illicitly taking money from the American public, there's all of the money that Trump is accepting through his business uh, that he hasn't divested himself from. He's still deriving profits from his businesses and he has spent a third of his time at his own properties uh, and has claimed that he's charging only cost rate for social um, for the Secret Service to stay there and to ride golf buggies around the president as he golfs and rides a buggy around his own golf properties. Uh, But people have looked up these prices on the internet and apparently, no, Secret Service and therefore the American public are being charged the standard rate uh, and even a slightly inflated rate uh, for using Donald Trump's properties. So this is all in direct violation of the emoluments clause, which states that the president should only receive his salary and no further monies from the American taxpayer. So when Donald Trump gets brownie points from the media and from the public uh, for donating his salary, one, we haven't seen proof of him donating his salary and he's 
has a strong decades-long history of lying about donations he's made that's been researched and uncovered by journalist David Farenholt, if you want to look that up for yourself. Farenholt is spelt probably F-A-R-E-N, Farenholt, H-O-L-D-T. That's David Farenholt. He writes for the Washington Post. He's been very um, successful in uncovering Trump corruption and is one of the significant reasons why the New York Attorney General's office was able to find Donald Trump's uh, organization, the Trump Foundation, $2 million uh, for acting corruptly in relation to uh, taking money that had been donated to veterans at a Trump veteran fundraising event. Yes, so much dirt on Donald Trump has been found, but the reason why Trump is to a degree impervious to scandal with a certain subset of the American public is due to the nature of fascism. It's very intoxicating to people who subscribe to it. If you follow a fascist leader, you get to buy in something called shared omnipotence. Omnipotence means all-powerful, shared, obviously, collectively speaking. People who follow a fascist think, yes, we're so powerful, this guy has helped us identify our enemies, he's being honest about how terrible the Jews are or how terrible the Mexicans are, and he's the only one who's prepared to help us by getting rid of these Jewish people or these Mexican people. You know, it's all inflated um, demonization and scapegoating of groups who don't deserve it. That was an unusual troll. Somebody said, you look wonderful. How long have you been transgender? I should have muted them rather than blocked them. And I just blocked someone then for their Twitter handle. (laughs) Um, Because you can always tell when you have a little bit of a flurry of uh, troll activity. So somebody with the Twitter handle, Big Silly Willy, uh, does not have a place here in our serious conversation about Trump crimes and the failure of 40% of the American public to register that Trump is committing crimes. It might be as low as 30% though, because 70% of uh, Americans polled have said that they think Trump uh, has done something wrong. So 40% of Americans approximately still say they approve of him if someone calls them up to ask, do you approve of the president? So that is an interesting discrepancy. 30% uh, are not prepared to admit he's done anything wrong, which means they're probably Fox News viewers exclusively and Fox and right-wing conservative radio, etc., all hide the truth from the public, all... Uh, distort, dilute the facts, even if they have one reporter who might reference the truth or Judge Napolitano who might say, yep, Trump's responsible for committing a lot of crimes uh, or the evidence is mounting to that effect and the fat pat- fact pattern consistently shows that Trump's committing crimes, uh, then, then they just don't know. Those people are unaware of the fact pattern, the the deluge of misinformation and uh, fake culture war propagation is enough to delude them into staying within a loyalty framework, a partisan framework of thinking that easily circumvents all engagement with facts or evidence. So that's the problem with Fox News viewers. Uh, That's a really key thing for us to address. I recommend following a Twitter account. 
who I've forgotten the name of, but he lists Fox advertisers. Actually, you can Google Fox advertisers and just be part of a boycott program because uh, hurting them financially and hurting Rupert Murdoch financially is perhaps only one way which we can exercise our power as decent people in a coalition of the decent against the undermining of US democracy to prop up Rupert Murdoch's kingmaker powers. So he enjoys being able to influence uh, Donald Trump. He enjoys making suggestions to Trump through his news network because Trump will follow them. Trump will do anything that he knows uh, his audience has already been primed to not only accept but to celebrate. So if Fox News says, oh, it's a good thing for us to separate children from their parents, then Trump will do it more because he knows his base will like it. Uh, if Fox News says we should, um, we should acquit the or we should pardon the war crimes um, people, Navy SEALs, well, I know there was one Navy SEAL called Eddie Gallagher, so the others, I don't know what part of the armed services they're from. But anyway, a pardon for those people was first proposed by a veteran on Fox News called Peter Hesgirth. I don't know what his name is. Uh, And Trump ran with that suggestion. And Peter Hesgirth is a veteran. So my conclusion is actually that that guy has probably committed some war crimes himself and his conscience and his projection make him want Trump to push ahead with valid, validating any and all behaviours from, uh, from soldiers in action. And that's the message Trump's giving out to the military. So officers are getting more concerned with Trump's behaviour, but he still has rank-and-file support from some people in the military who you know, will operate from a Fox News-style perspective of embracing Trump as if he himself is America, as if he is now the symbol of American greatness and therefore you can't criticize him or you're being disloyal to the United States itself. Which isn't a standard American practice that's supposed to be fairly anti-American to think that your president is beyond criticism and doesn't need any system of checks and balances. But nevertheless, uh, the puritanical history of America has left a strong vein of, of people who embrace totalitarianism because they embrace strong father figures who don't need checks and balances because they're the ultimate authority. So that's how you get a uh, strong 30% uncritically devoted base for Donald Trump. They already had susceptibility to a strong father figure authoritarian leader. Now let's see what I can do for you here because I have a little bit of a thread from uh, an ethics a former ethics advisor to the White House, Walter Schaub, who quit um, under under Trump's rule, uh, realising that Trump would not respond to ethics advice appropriately. So Walter writes, Senate Republicans are setting a dangerous precedent that threatens the republic itself. I'm not naive enough to think they would hold Democratic presidents to the low standard they've applied to Trump, but all future presidents will be able to point to Trump to justify... And he proceeds with a thread. I'm just going to interject, though, to say that I don't think future presidents will be pointing to Trump as an example, because I think once the full, well, something closer, a closer approximation to the full extent of Trump's treachery and criminality, nobody's going to be pointing to Trump and saying, well, he could do that. Why can't I? Because his name will be vilified uh, fairly broadly, just as Nixon's was. Nobody wants to say Nixon could get away with that, so I should be able to as well. 
In fact, that's one reason why Trump's still here, because he tried to fire, um, he tried to compel his attorney general to fire the special prosecutor, Robert Mueller, uh, but he was stopped by staff members who understood that repeating Nixon's behavior was not a good signal to people. So, yes, um, the actions of Don McGahn and Corey Lewandowski helped protect the president uh, from his from the consequences of his impulsive actions in wanting to uh, shut down the investigations of his behavior and his conduct and the conduct of his campaign team. So he was not able to fully shut down that investigation, but he may have used Attorney General Barr to limit the investigation. Rod Rosenstein may have helped land the plane, as he promised. So here we go. This is the list of things that Trump has done. Soliciting foreign attacks on the elections, using federal appropriations or other resources to pressure foreign governments to help them win re-election, implementing an across-the-board refusal to comply with any congressional oversight at all, firing the heads of government's top law enforcement agencies for allowing investigations of the president, retaliating against whistleblowers and witnesses who testify before Congress, investigating investigators who investigate the president, attempting to retaliate against American companies perceived as insufficiently supportive of the president, attempting to award the president's own company federal contracts, using personal devices, servers or applications for official communications. And I know Hillary Clinton did that. Uh, There wasn't as much specific specific, um, legislation or policies to to require that not to be the case. But after her uh, story, after those instances, it definitely became more formalised in policy for there not to be um, personal devices or servers used for official communications. Nevertheless, we've seen diplomats communicating on WhatsApp to do Trump's bidding, uh, Trump's daughter and son-in-law communicating via WhatsApp and their own... um, their own email, their personal email addresses, and uh, and Donald Trump also insisting on using personal phone devices that can be readily hacked by uh, adversarial foreign organizations. Oh, so up to J. Sorry, I should have been putting the letter in front of all of these uh, items, but we're up to J so far. Communicating secretly with foreign leaders. Uh with foreign governments knowing things about White House communications that our own government doesn't know. Destroying or L, destroying or concealing records containing politically damaging information. M, employing white nationalists like Stephen Miller and expressing sympathy for white nationalists after an armed rally in which one of them murdered a counter-protester and another shot a gun into a crowd. My friend Richard has joined. Hello, Richard. I'm so excited that you're here online. I'm reading through uh, an elaboration of uh, Trump misconduct. Hey, Champagne. Nice to see you too. Uh, But yes, I should also do a separate episode on Australian corruption that's being uncovered at the moment as well. It's less startlingly broad than American corruption at present, but it's still very startling and it still has 
broad ramifications for Australians, many of whom are suffering under the current uh, Trump-style leadership of the Conservative ruling party there. So what am I up to? I'm up to number M. So we've said employing white nationalists, N, disseminating Russian disinformation, and O, covering for the murder of a journalist working for an American news outlet by a foreign government that is a major customer of the of the president's private business. This is a list uh, put out by a former um, ethics advisor. So he's a lawyer. Here, lawyers don't make assertions that haven't already been uh, broadly established in the media or elsewhere. So P, violating human rights and international law at our border. Q, operating a supposed charity that was forced to shut down over its unlawful activities. Very established, Trump had to just pay a $2 million fine. R, lying incessantly to the American people. That's been very fact-checked. What's Trump at? He's definitely surpassed 10,000 lies. Is he up to 23,000 lies at the present time? I think he is. Uh, S, relentlessly attacking the free press. T, spending one quarter of his days in office visiting his own golf courses and one third of them visiting his private businesses. Uh, U, violating the emoluments clause of the US Constitution. Ah, yes, 14K lies, that does sound right now that you say that number. Uh, W, misusing the security clearance process to benefit his children and target perceived enemies. Yep, that's a biggie, Jared Kushner, Ivanka Trump, and the whistleblower, Teresa Klein, no, sorry, Teresa something, reported on her supervisor, Carl Klein, who circumvented the normal process, uh, dismissed her concerns about uh, granting a security check, a security clearance to Jared Kushner, given his history as uncovered by FBI investigations, and um, her concerns were dismissed, and she's a person of short stature, and her boss, Carl Klein, then proceeded to bully her by placing files that she required to have access to for her job out of her reach. So that's Carl Klein, a Trump appointee um, in the department that provides security clearances. We're up to we're up to X, drawing down on government efforts to combat domestic terrorism in order to appease a segment of his base. Y, refusing to aggressively investigate and build defences against interference in our election by Russia after the country helped him win an election. Z, engaging in a documented campaign of obstruction of a special counsel's investigation. Yes, we know of 10 documented instances of obstruction and a thousand, over a thousand federal prosecutors signing a letter uh, about how anybody else would have been charged with obstruction. Uh, so we've gone past Z now, so we're going to AA, lying about a hush money payoff and omitting his debt to his attorney for that payoff from his financial disclosure report, which is a crime if done knowingly and willfully. The campaign finance law, you've got to have intent that the investigators can demonstrate, which is quite hard. Campaign finance law clearly does need to be tightened up. Um, BB, coordinating with his attorney in connection with activities that got the attorney convicted of criminal campaign finance violations. 
So, of course, that's Michael Cohen, who is currently in jail. Uh, CC, interfering in career personnel decisions, actions which are required by law to be conducted free of political influence. What's that one? Is that the firing of the Navy secretary uh, who asked that Donald Trump cease interference in Eddie Gallagher's uh, trial through the armed services? DD, refusing to fire a repeat Hatch Act offender after receiving a recommendation of termination. Oh, this is Kellyanne. A recommendation of termination from the president's own Senate-confirmed appointee based on dozens of violations. EE, calling members of Congress names and accusing them of treason for conducting oversight. Oh, lordy, so many more of these to go. Maybe we'll stop for now and return to this another day. Thanks for listening in, everybody. There's so much misconduct and criminality, it is kind of exhausting. I want to say in the big picture sense that the American middle class is shrinking and that compared to statistics on how wealthy America is, it has a proportionately lower rate of people occupying the middle class, that is to say the comfortable class, uh, than other countries with um, commensurate wealth levels. So... So why is that? It's so difficult to be in the middle class, I guess, because education is so expensive, because paying back your education debts is affected by the need to pay compound interest, which makes your principal get added to by simple interest, and then interest calculated on that principal debt plus simple interest cumulatively over time. That's compound interest, and it's apparently making the lives of people with college degrees uh, a relative nightmare in terms of being financially shackled. But even worse than that, the jobs available for people without college degrees have become worse with less benefits, uh, with more instability of conditions. So people who expected better from their lives are probably experiencing more of an expectation gap that leads to misery. If happiness is a function of the smallness of the gap between your expectations and your reality, then no wonder that white people are disproportionately dying uh, in midlife. So there's uh, researchers who have identified in various Republican-run counties, mostly this is a a Trump voting county uh, phenomenon, that there is black black people, people of color and Hispanic Americans have had a, a higher death rate than white Americans non-Hispanic white Americans for some time, but that gap is closing because the death rate of white people is significantly increasing, specifically in Republican counties. So even though Florida and Texas used to have a lower, sorry, a higher longevity rate than New York, that position has changed. New York now has greater longevity than Texas or Florida, the residents of Texas or Florida, because their mapped trajectories have Um, plateaued, relatively speaking. Uh, So Brian's pointing out that many people, many employers here, even good ones, are forcing people to work part-time so they don't get benefits. Yes. And I just saw a bit of an extract on MSNBC that a majority of Americans are now reporting uh, that they don't feel they've benefited under a Trump economy. Let's see if I've got... 
yes, I have a little bit of that. Okay, so the source for it is um, Peter G. Peterson Foundation, 1,000 likely voters. Under Trump's economy, are you better off, the same or worse off? So um, 33% say the same and 31% say worse off. So that's a total of 64% who are either the same or worse off under Trump and 35% of people think they're better off. And that probably corresponds quite strongly to Fox viewers as well uh, because it's been shown that there's now a partisan divide into people's perception of how well the economy is going. People who watch um, channels other than Fox are more likely to think that the economy is going badly. And uh, people who who watch Fox News and buy into that hype uh, are more likely to think the economy is going well. You can be brainwashed into thinking the economy is going well and that your own personal circumstances are just like a data blip or an exception. Because the motivated thinking of that is Trump has been so criminal that if you voted him into office and you don't want to admit to having done anything wrong, even to yourself, then of course you're going to be very disengaged from reality. Because reality is a screaming siren of, you did the wrong thing. Trump is betraying America. Trump is selling out everything he can, he can possibly sell out to, to Russia, to the Turkish president, to Erdogan. Um, he is betraying American interests left, right, and center. He is um, validating misconduct in the military. He is betraying America's allies. So the uh, thousands of Kurdish troops who fought alongside U.S. soldiers for five years to defeat ISIS, uh, those U.S. officials and soldiers are now having to watch their former fighters be massacred by um, Turkish soldiers, Turkish-backed paramilitary groups, and Russian-backed uh, military groups as well, which would be distressing. That's that's a massacre that's ongoing, and uh, children who've been families who've been forced to flee their homes are also perishing in the cold conditions of winter because it's now winter in Syria. Um, yes. So that's all from me for today. I hope you've enjoyed the broadcast. And anybody who wants to spread the word tomorrow about uh, – what's my interviewer's name? I'm going to be interviewing Richard Frankel tomorrow who wrote who's – his new book is out called States of Exclusion, A New Wave of Fascism about the parallels between Hitler's Germany and Trump's America. From the back, I can see it says demonization, division, coercion. So, yes, that's important uh, for us to engage with as people concerned with America's role in the world and its role domestically. Descent into fascism is bad, not just for... It wasn't just bad for German citizens. It was bad for German neighbours. It was bad for the whole world getting sucked into a a conflagration that arose from uh, one man, one man who found that he had a technique. He was charismatic enough uh, to draw people in to his nationalistic, racist, uh, scapegoating techniques to inflame their loyalties and draw them into shared omnipotence, a shared feeling of all-powerfulness, uh, which happens when you abandon normal human values and uh, humane considerations and also justice, fairness, rule of law, etc. And um, when you want to pretend that Jews aren't real German citizens and that you can help make them 
earn their citizenship by putting them into a camp with the letters work makes free uh, above the camp so that they know that perhaps if they contribute for free to Germany for a while, then Germany might accept them back into the German community, which was obviously a measure to pretend to the German public that they weren't going to that they weren't doing anything wrong, that they were just helping Jews contribute more. They were helping uh, Hitler's political enemies learn to do better and be better. They were helping the homosexuals and gypsies who were imprisoned to just be better Germans. That's why you could say Albrecht Max Frey, work makes free above Auschwitz in big steel-wrought letters. Ah, my friend is um, pointing out she has a book out, which is a satirical novel called Dyer and Puny, and it's an anti-fascist parody of the Fire and Fury book. Who was Fire and Fury written by? Michael Wolfe, is that the name? Anyway, this is a fictional work, a parody skewering the events of the White House. So if you follow Martha at that skewerman account, uh, you can find out more about her book, which is now available for purchase on Amazon. Uh, I don't get any share of that. I'm not financially involved. I'm just... Uh, supportive of fellow resistance fighters who are putting in the hard yards uh, to try and help burst the bubble of fascism, essentially. <laughs> You're welcome, Martha. Um, yes. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening in. I'm going to broadcast this as a podcast. And thanks for your support and encouragement, as always, everyone. Take care. Talk to you again soon. Bye. Hello, thanks for joining into today's episode. It's some live audio from a Periscope broadcast. And just to let you all know that Tomorrow, I'm speaking with Richard Frankel, a historian who's written a book about parallels between Hitler's Germany and Trump's America. So, but that's for tomorrow. I hope you enjoy today's episode, which includes a recounting of many of the instances of misconduct and criminality by the current occupant of the Oval Office, uh, written by Walter Schaub, a former ethics advisor under President Obama, as well as a discussion and analysis of current events. Thanks for listening.